A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So here's the thing about humanity. I've mentioned this on the air before, folks. Human beings are very, very good at losing stuff. Everything from car keys to cities to potentially entire civilizations. Remember that for centuries, people thought the city of Troy was little more than a myth until someone actually found the real-life historical ruins of that city. And over the span of history, we've seen many, many claims about lost cities or lost civilizations. And that's where today's story takes place. Join us as we answer the question, did Sheldon Gosling discover a lost civilization? From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt Noel is not here today, but he is joining us in spirit. Yes, and he's not going to be gone forever. Right? No. He will return uh, He will return shortly, but the show must go on. In the meantime, my name is Ben. You, uh, regardless of what name you're wearing today, are you. Because names are just sort of another kind of clothing that we put on things, aren't they? A mask, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yes, a cowl, a cassock. <laughs> yes. Uh aside from sorry, my vaguely creepy talk of of names and nomenclature, 
We are here to talk today, or to explore today, a thing that I always love. I was inspired by this. Uh, I was inspired to find this in our previous episode, Lost Civilizations. We've talked about several, right? Oh, yes. We have extensively gone over... Oh man, I'm trying to think. Atlantis, certainly we've mm. hit. It's also Lemuria. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a little bit about, uh, we've talked a little bit about various locations of Atlantis, mm-hmm. people who allegedly predicted its rise or fall or, you know, its location. And we've also looked at missing cities in South and Central America. Mm-hmm. We haven't looked at some of the early African nations, which I think we could explore. Absolutely. More in depth. Uh, and then I don't know if we ever looked at Katal Hayuk, the Turkish. Sorry, uh, what did you say? Katal Hayuk. No, I don't know this. What? It's no. the one that changed. It's the one that changed the way we see human civilization. Oh, man. Oh, oh wow. Okay. okay. We're going to do it. We're yeah. going to do it. Uh, and. I know, uh, listeners, I'm, I'm sure it's very familiar, uh, to many of us. Um, we'll, we'll check it out. But our story today starts with a fellow named Sheldon Lee Gosling. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheldon Lee Gosling is an American Egyptologist. He knows nine ancient languages. How many do you know, listener? Matt knows zero. And he's taught at numerous institutions. Yeah, he's got a lot of, a lot of bachelor's degrees, several masters. Uh, PhD is from the University of Madison, Wisconsin. I think he went on to get a PhD, uh, the history of medicine. So this is a this is smart guy, Sheldon. A little bit. Yeah. And, uh, he seems to be driven by his passions. He spent years researching in China, where he was also teaching at a couple, those are the universities he had taught at. Uh, for more than a decade, he had been playing around with the idea that there was a baffling mystery to the emergence of written language in China. He thought that the earliest writing in China could be connected with writing in the Indus Valley, where an earlier early civilization stretched across parts of India and Pakistan. Writing did not appear in China until more than a thousand years later in the second millennium BC. And there's very little evidence of how it was developed uh, and no idea whether or to what degree other languages in the West may have influenced it. So for a linguist, amateur or professional, this is fascinating stuff. Before we go on, let's take a a look at the rise of written language in China and abroad. The very first known written language that we have access to now comes from the Sumerians. First example of writing in general appeared in Mesopotamia, like 3,500 to 3,000 BCE. Egyptian was, again, so far as we know, developed independently around the same period. The Chinese writing system, the first writing system there, appears around 1,200 BCE. No obvious reference to other writing systems. So... It's interesting to think about, but we're thinking about the lack of, we're thinking about the holes in the theory, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we have this example here with, uh, Egyptian 
rising independently, right? But then I'm sure there was interaction after that. But other, otherwise, you know, unless we have something to back it up, uh, in, unless we have something to back up this idea of, of language migrating somehow from the Indus Valley, then this is little more than a nice conversation for the folks at the linguist conference when they're in the hotel bar. So the idea is that the earliest writing in China and all these other places all came from this original Indus Valley group of people or culture? At least in the case of China. Okay. Uh, So it was more of a, huh, what if? Got you. And nothing was going to come of it, at least that is, until 2013. And we'll tell you what happened after a word from our sponsor. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
Last season, millions tuned into the Betrayal podcast to hear a shocking story of deception. I'm Andrea Gunning, and now we're sharing an all-new story of betrayal. Stacy thought she had the perfect husband. Doctor, father, family man. It was the perfect cover for Justin Rutherford to hide behind. They led me into the house, and I mean, it was like a movie. He was sitting at our kitchen table. The cops were guarding him. Stacy learned how far her husband would go to save himself. I slept with a loaded gun next to my bed. He did not just say, I wish he was dead. He actually gave details and explained different scenarios on how to kill him. He, to me, is scarier than Jeffrey Dahmer. Listen to Betrayal starting on May 23rd on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's where it gets crazy. In 2013, our protagonist, Dr. Gosline, was shown a mysterious set of ancient inscriptions etched into flat stones found by farmers in Guangxi province. Gosling found that several of these characters appeared to belong to this Indus script. The Indus script is an undeciphered set of symbols from more than 4,500 years back. Others, he thought, could have been Persian cuneiform turned 90 degrees. Interesting. Then, in April 2014, our doctor made a field trip to the area where these stones had been found, and... He discovered clear evidence of long human occupancy and an advanced civilization that extended at least 140 kilometers along the Yuezhang River, now hidden in dense tropical overgrowth. So this place existed and then was lost. Right. Yeah, that's that's his idea. He presented initial reports to Chinese officials. This was published in Chinese news outlets, and he kept working in the field uh, through 2014. If Indus or Persian characters have made their way to southern China, it means that people there had an extensive trade network that connected them to South Asia and the Middle East. Again, it might also mean that imperial conquerors from northern China had wiped out evidence of a thriving writing culture in the south, a.k.a. a lost civilization. Either way, it would undermine a traditional uh, view of Chinese history, which goes like this. The Chinese culture developed exclusively in the north and diffused outwards and southwards. Uh, the Han majority claimed that they encountered barbarians in the south, which they called the Yue, uh, who were thought to be less civilized than their conquerors, spoke a different language. As of 2016, right now, Gosling's observation about these inscriptions has not been proven. It hasn't been proven, rather, that they're Persian cuneiform. Okay. Which would be crazy to find something uh, that far south and east in China from Iran at that time. If his conclusions are correct, Gosling has indeed found a lost civilization, an ancient one responsible for bridging a gap between cultures. And his discovery raised questions with huge and potentially dangerous questions. What the hell was Persian cuneiform doing in this remote village in southern China? Could it be real? And if it was real, 
What did it mean? So before we go any further, Ben, I think we have to address dragon bones. Yes, yes, you're right, Matt. And that sounds silly, right? That sounds like what? Yeah, right. Uh, that's a that's a nickname. You're you're right because we need to address the story of how Chinese writing was discovered or the earliest mm-hmm. forms of Chinese writing. So, for a long, 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 long time, farmers around the Yellow River Basin area would dig up these bones. They would find turtle shells and ox bones and would take them away from their fields and they would sell them to people who practice traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. In 1899, uh, a scholar who was getting these bones, these bones also had uh, scratches on them, right? A scholar found these bones either as getting it as a prescription for some kind of treatment or as buying them from an antique dealer this person realized that those are early forms of Chinese characters on these bones. Whoa. And the people who sell these, the farmers, the so-called dragon bone dealers, wanted to keep their location secret. Of course, that's just good business. But in the 1920s, a team of archaeologists discovered the bone source at a place called Anyang, a site that's a few hours south of Beijing in the Yellow River Basin. And they found thousands and thousands of dragon bones, all carefully inscribed with prophecies of the past. What? Yeah. And they figured out what people were using the bones for. They were using them to tell the future. So they would, here's what we think happened. They would throw the bone in the fire and they would read the cracks that it made. And then they would write down what they saw as a prediction. Big thing is they had names of kings on some of these bones and those names matched with later records of the Shang dynasty, which had ruled in the second millennium BCE. And up to that point, and this is the 18, the late 1800s, up to that point, a lot of people had considered the Shang dynasty largely a legend, at least in the West. That is strange. So the discovery of these bones was big, right? At least for the West, uh, it reinforced the belief that Chinese civilization began there at the Yellow River, that the writing arrived independently, but it didn't match with the stuff that Gosling found. Because mm-hmm. those inscriptions were so far south, and they were on the border, I mean, like, on China's border with Vietnam. Yeah, that's a long distance away than you would expect. We're yeah. talking... Well, let's take it to U.S. standards. Or sure. Standards? Let's just look at the U.S. What's a comparison? Uh, it would be like uh, traveling from New York to Kansas City. It's a oh, wow. Border. Yeah. And also, very little work has been done in, in this area in Guangxi because the climate's subtropical and it's considered historically a backwater. So we have some, we have some questions, right? If, if, uh, Gosling believes that he has found a lost civilization, which is totally possible. But there's a there's a big gap between plausible and possible. He thinks he found this because of writing, but I don't like. What's the first question we would ask him? Well, I mean, is he mistaking something? That's the first thing, right? As a researcher, as anyone who's looking into evidence, Mm -hmm. trying to find something, Mm -hmm. you have to check yourself first. 
Yeah. And then also, is this, yeah, is this confirmation bias? Mm -hmm. Is this like a, and this is just a question that would come up, you know, if somebody is looking for a lost civilization, already believes it's around, has a hunch, and then finds it. Make the evidence fit your belief. Like that's, that's a danger. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, and the second question would be, could this be a hoax? You know, like the Piltdown Man or something. We know that hoaxes are distressingly common in archaeology. So those first examples might have been brought in by farmers, but he had found more of these Pers- these sideways cuneiform Persian-looking characters in uh, official archaeological dig in the same area. So if the inscriptions were forged, the person who was forging them would either have to be able to fool the archaeologist or the archaeologist would have to be working with them. Mm-hmm. And also, Chinese scholars had never seen anything like this. This was new stuff. And when he visited the site himself, he thought he wouldn't find much interesting much interesting stuff other than these inscriptions until that is he noticed that there were these tall symmetrically spaced rocks at even intervals and they lined up along particular diagonal lines they had deep crevices he thought the space was somehow special and so he started mapping it out and he looked he says that he found a man-made platform of megalithic construction Think kind of stone hingy, you know, and he said that he found a carved chair or throne. And he was convinced that this might be some kind of calculating device, maybe using astronomical terms. Chinese scientists, for the record, are much, 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 much more skeptical. Uh, and Vietnamese authorities are saying, hey, maybe this is just an ancient site of early Vietnamese culture. Right. That's possible. Gosling believes that this is indeed a lost civilization. Uh, investigators who contacted some of the Chinese scientists uh, say that the Chinese scientists essentially told them, you know, you're you're not going to be impressed when you come see it. Uh, we have to wonder, is there. Uh, is there a uh, cover up or is there like is is Gosling knowingly telling the truth uh is the chinese does the chinese government have an interest in this it seems like the interest could be protecting at least the agreed upon history uh in the area and of of the entire country in the region right yeah that's going to be one of the um that's going to be one of the first accusations people would make would be that uh, this is being covered up to preserve the official narrative. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, God's it's hardly keeping this secret. He does public lectures. He's part of uh, a couple of international organizations and the Chinese academic community apparently still couldn't figure out what to make of the writing at this point at this point the claim remains incredibly controversial it's rooted in linguistics right and there's not 
too much, at least official, archaeological activity in that area, in that Guanxi area. However, that's sort of tantalizing, isn't it? Because we don't know, (laughs) to quote some old politicians, we don't know what we don't know. It's an unknown unknown. And with this, uh, with this in mind, we are hoping to learn more about lost civilizations and reach out and contact, uh, Dr. Gosling if possible to hear more details. He has some papers available and he is far from the only, uh, academic looking for evidence of civilizations and time and history forgot. Now we'll pause for a word from our sponsor. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Last season, millions tuned into the Betrayal Podcast to hear a shocking story of deception. I'm Andrea Gunning, and now we're sharing an all-new story of betrayal. Stacy thought she had the perfect husband. Doctor, father, family man. It was the perfect cover for Justin Rutherford to hide behind. They led me into the house, and I mean, it was like a movie. He was sitting at our kitchen table. The cops were guarding him. Stacy learned how far her husband would go to save himself. I slept with a loaded gun next to my bed. He did not just say, I wish he was dead. He actually gave details and explained different scenarios on how to kill him. He, to me, is scarier than Jeffrey Dahmer. Listen to Betrayal starting on May 23rd on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Guess what time it is, guys? Shout out corner. Okay, our first shout out for today comes from Sam. Sam, you wrote to us via email. Sam says, you did an episode over a year back about celebrity deaths and briefly mentioned Hitler faking his death. I heard a rumor that Hitler did not go to South America, but to Glacier National Park in Montana, where he lived out his days in a lodge amongst some other close personal Nazi acquaintances, including his bodyguard, who confessed to his daughter's boyfriend on his deathbed in secret. I was wondering if you guys could do an episode or even a little snippet on this because I'm interested in your findings. Thanks for getting me through the workday. That's fascinating. I have never heard that, Sam. Have you heard that, Matt? Nope. Glacier National Park with a uh, good old Hitler in there. Never heard of that at Out all. Montana, huh? Because usually we hear a lot of stuff about South America. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, South America is the only, the only major theory I've heard about where Hitler disappeared to if he did not, in fact, die. My favorite, uh, my favorite of the Hitler escape theories is that he escaped to Antarctica and that Operation High Jump was a secret uh, nuclear war between the Allies and what was left of uh, the German powers. With the, help, with the help of the underground peoples? Yes, the... with the help of <laughs> the underground race. No, I, I'm laughing a little bit, but of course we do know that cavern systems are extensive and we know that specially adapted Flora and fauna do thrive there. Is there a technologically advanced race that looks completely Aryan yet uh, has chosen to stay underground under Antarctica? And is there an internal sun or star <laughs> inside of the center of the Earth? Yeah. It's yet to be seen. It's the nicest way we can put it. As You're being too kind. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, it would blow my mind if it got proven somehow. I mean, it would just destroy our whole understanding. Now, we do know, we do know that the Germans were planning to colonize and conquer at least part of Antarctica. Uh, if you have the inclination to explore a rabbit hole, go, uh, check your nearest search engine for New Schwabia. Yeah. Do you remember New Schwabia, Matt, when we did a piece on that? I do, certainly. Oh, man. New Schwabia. Got to annex a little bit of land in Antarctica just in case. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in Queen Maud land. Uh, it was, 
it, it, it's really at this point, it's just a name that's given to an area of Antarctica. But the, the hope there was that they would map the area and then establish some sort of beachhead, right? Or mm-hmm. some sort of research center there. They made no official claims. Um, they, they made no official claims to the, the area, but in 1981, they built a, the German government, sorry, the non-Nazi government, mm-hmm. the actual current German government, uh, built a research center there in 1981. And you can check out Operation High Jump for more information too. Uh, Sam, this is fascinating. I can feel the, the pull. Uh, I can feel the call to start digging, uh, around in this Montana situation. I've never heard that. It seems strange. And we know, of course, that with the deaths of any, uh, dictators, any great influencers of, of people, that there will always be questions about their deaths. There will always be these concerns, right? Just through a cursory Google search here, there's quite a bit written about Hitler's grave supposedly found outside of uh, Glacier National Park. Huh. Let's see. Something here about a bunker discussing travel channels. All right, well, I'm I'm officially going to look into this. <laughs> we got sucked in. Okay, so we'll we'll get into that off the air. Uh Matt, who's our next shout out to? Arnie has written us a bit of a snarky email about our Noah's Ark episode and I appreciated it. So here it goes. I just listened to your show about Noah's Ark, and if we take the story as it goes, as gospel, and the whole world was flooded, that Noah and his family were the only people spared, I would like to know how the world was populated with 7 billion plus people. Where did all of the ethnic diversity come from? Are we all related? Also, what about the inbreeding? Hmm. That would, uh, huh. that could be a problem. And certainly with the diversity that we see today in, mm. in our world with the human population, it wouldn't make much sense. But had, yeah, we had a lot of people who wrote to us regarding that episode, uh, from both sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, which, which I, I appreciate and we have more, more emails than we can probably ever get to. But I will, uh, I will have to say that that is a, that is a question. And to, to your point, Arnie, uh, we had several listeners who, uh, gave what they believed was a, uh, was, was a, a cogent answer for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they said that certain things were, if you, if one looked at the Bible verse in depth and interpreted it correctly, that there were things that would explain this or make it seem less implausible or that the story itself was mischaracterized in many ways in the modern day, which I, you know, I understand. I appreciate everybody who wrote in. I think we'll have Noah's Ark's emails uh, appearing for a while in our shout for out. Decades order. to come. Continuing with Noah's Ark, several people on Twitter and email have written to us. We were asking about films that dealt with Noah's Ark or a version of an Ark. Mm-hmm. A lot of people writing to us about Titan AE, and yeah. I'm a little embarrassed. I've never seen it. 
So I'm going to have to check into that now. My spider sense makes me want to say it was on Netflix for a while. I'm not, uh, it's animated, right? I, I believe so. Uh, Yes, it is animated. Uh, all right. So we have time for one more, uh, listener mail, one more shout out. And that goes to Sergeant L. Uh, we're going to go ahead and withhold the name here just because it does address military experience. This is in response to our earlier episode on the military and drugs. Uh, the sergeant says, first and foremost, thanks for the great podcast. Uh, I listen to a lot of the How Stuff Works stuff. I've just caught up on all your audio. I've watched significant portion of the videos. I like the addition of super producer Noel to the audio. Uh, ben, if you could resurrect the invisible man, that would be awesome. Whoa. The voiceover, at least. Oh, that's a deep cut, Sarge. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. I, I think just people don't know what the... If you've ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you'll have a good sense of what what our crew looked like having to, to wear that suit. Uh, so, Sergeant Elk goes on to say, I've been in the U.S. Army for almost 13 years. I've been deployed to Iraq for a total of 39 months over three deployments. I work in computers, not in the public affairs office, so everything here is my opinion and observations, not of the Army. Drugs are severely frowned upon by the Army as a whole. Drug tests are common. Positive results for illegal drugs are dealt with harshly, including marijuana, where legal. If there is no prescription for a drug like Adderall or morphine from a doctor within the test period, then legal action will be taken and they'll probably be separated from the Army. During the height of the Iraq war, soldiers were less likely to be kicked out, but were still punished. I have never seen nor heard of a prescription that was not a medical necessity. Alcohol and nicotine and caffeine are being discouraged by the Army as an institution. Since the late 90s, the Army had the policy of deglamorizing alcohol or deglamorization of alcohol. Commands can't use alcohol to promote events or promote its use. The Army Substance Abuse Program ASAP can and will help those that are addicted to drugs or alcohol. Smoking secession classes are offered to anyone using tobacco products. Caffeine and supplements are being openly discouraged. The sergeant goes on. That being said, army culture is still quite strong in alcohol, tobacco, caffeine, and supplements. Drugs and alcohol are used to self-medicate by some, as with the general population, unfortunately. We have deep-rooted traditions evolving alcohol, like the grog, The grog started as a way that all the soldiers would get their leftover alcohol and mix it together to celebrate or relax. Now the grog is a ceremony used to remember past wars and the fallen at army balls sometimes with alcohol and sometimes without. As you mentioned, nicotine and caffeine are used a lot for stimulants. So many soldiers low off energy drinks, coffee, no-dose, and dip during long missions or shifts in Iraq. There was an energy drink with nicotine and a Red Bull slushy machine in the PX in Baghdad. Finally, there's little to offer gym rats uh, to get them to not take supplements. I said, sorry for the long email. As someone who knows some of the stuff they don't want you to know, most secret info is really boring. I don't know if I believe that, Sarge. Well, I'm I'm not uh, concerned about most of it then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just the yeah. So uh, thank you so much for for writing, and uh, please stay safe. Uh, please stay safe out there. That goes for everybody in the armed forces who's listening to our podcast. And we've been getting some really 
great, uh, great feedback, some great details about this. The part about a prescription being a medical necessity reminds me of our earlier email from the, uh, psychologist. Remember that who said that, yes. that during, uh, war times when you had to have somebody still pulling a trigger for longer than nature would intend. Give them whatever cocktail you can. Or yeah, give them something. It was, mm-hmm. it was relatively vague, but I imagine yeah. that there's, I imagine there's several different possibilities there. Uh, so, we know that, uh, you know, we know that the culture of the U.S. armed forces is, is changing. Uh, and in times of great stress, however, people do still, uh, tend to self-medicate. And if you haven't listened to our episode on the history of militaries and drugs, please do check it out. If you are part of another country's armed services, we would also like to hear of your experience with these substances. Uh, but for now, that concludes our... And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.